Hey, you, you want to see something really scary? What's your favorite scary movie? I'm going to scare the hell out of you. What was living behind that boy's eyes was purely and simply evil. They're coming to get you, Barbara. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk here. What's blood for, if not for shedding? Welcome to Fright Night. Welcome back to Jump Scare. I'm Betty. And I'm Chad. This week we're covering Suitable Flesh. She has the perfect life. The perfect husband. Eat me. <laughs> the perfect career. I want to help you. I'm not so sure you can. The perfect flesh. <gasps> what just happened? From the uh, twisted psyche of Joe Lynch. It felt so real. I was in his body. And the universe of H.P. Lovecraft. Who are you? Really? Come on. Yeah. Come on. Lisa. Lisa. What have you done to me? Can't do this. Sorry. Wrong number. This is a magnificent body. It suits me. What's going on with you? Me? I'm just daddy. Brandy? You're that patient. What happened to Elizabeth Derby? You have to believe me, Danny. It's a fantasy to spice up your sex life. I think I'm losing my mind. That's the third time. It's forever. It's you. Hi, boys. Suitable flesh. What a name for a film. Yeah. So I thought this was going to be a... What's our favorite guy from uh, Society? Oh, Brian Usna? I thought it was going to be a Brian Usna production. No. With suitable flesh. But it's a Joe Lynch production. Yay! Yay! And uh, you can catch this on Shudder. It was released on Friday. Um, It had a small theatrical release and it was on demand um, previously. But now it's for the masses, um, for those of you who have Shudder. And this is based on the 1937 um, H.P. Lovecraft short story, The Thing on the Doorstep. Um, Have you ever read that short story? No, I haven't. So I haven't read it either, but I I read the gist of it. And it's definitely one of those that it is based on. So... Meaning they took one element they liked and maybe in the, in the names and then the rest is completely different because this has nothing to do. I wish I didn't say nothing to do, but it's very different from the actual story. It is Lovecraftian in its own way. 
Well, the writer of this is also the writer of From Beyond, Reanimator, the Dennis Palloy, I think is how you say his name. But they uh, they did the same thing with From Beyond. The opening of From Beyond is the entire story. Mm. And then they, of course, had to expand on that because, you, you know, five-minute movies don't go over too well. No? But yeah, this guy also, you know, he wrote From Beyond, Reanimator, uh, the uh, Pit and the Pendulum... He wrote the Masters of Horror episodes that Stuart Gordon did. He did the Reanimator musical. He's pretty much the Stuart Gordon guy. He is a Stuart Gordon guy. Yeah. So the film stars, has, you know, very recognizable faces. Um, you have Barbara Crampton. Back in a, another Lovecraft movie written by a guy who wrote the other Lovecraft movie she was in. Yes. And uh, she's a doctor. And um, you have Heather Graham, who has joined the Lovecraftian world now. And Barbara Crampton, you know, showed her the, the ways. Showed her the ropes. Yeah. And Hanging Ju- around Miskatonic. Exactly. Well, yeah, we're back at Miskatonic University, as we always yeah. are. you got to have that. And then, of course, the Necronomicon may or may not have been in the film. It's not really named, but there is an evil book that's there. And, you know, and we see Cthulhu. So, I don't... Yeah. Dot, dot, dot. Maybe. Um, and Judah Lewis, who... The last time I saw Judah Lewis, in a sense, um, he was not doing the things he was doing in this movie. Because he's a grown man now. And um, he was the in the Babysitter and Babysitter Queen movie. So, we've covered those oh, movies. Yeah. And also, he was the kid from the Christmas Chronicle movies. Oh. So, it's like, oh, okay. I know you, and now I really know you. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so, this had very classic 80s feel to it. The way that they did, you know, transitions... The, yeah, the transitions are very creep showish. Yes, they are very creep showish, and you know one can appreciate even the way the story is told because in these in those movies, you know, of way back when, they usually will have someone tell the story, and I believe in the original there is someone is telling the story of what occurred. A lot of the Lovecraft stories were, you know, a lone survivor telling what happened to everyone else. Yeah, I mean, who who else is going to tell the well, thing, yeah. right? Yeah, the guys who died don't usually tell the story, yeah. although occasionally. Yeah. Well, yes. And in modern times, that would be what found footage is, right? Yeah. Like there you go. There's no one survived, but we found this footage. We found their phone. We were able to pull all this footage off of it, even though some of the angles don't make quite quite make sense. <laughs> <laughs> So, <clears throat> you know, I I went into the film very open. Um, love Lynch, love, love Joe Lynch. Um, obviously, have seen all the other movies we mentioned that the screenwriter um, yeah. has written. So, <clears throat> you know, the cast, totally on for the cast. Totally, very, very looking forward to this film, okay? And I was not expecting... Anything that I saw, I was very um, surprised. Expecting more uh, blood and guts? No, no. 
And now I really, I don't want it to take away what I'm going to say from the film. I think everyone should see the film. It's definitely something that you or may not have ever seen before. Um, if Especially if you're, if you're a new person coming into horror, this would be, I, I feel like it's definitely included in body horror and also Lovecraft, right? So yeah. it's a good, like, taste tester. Um, it was very, um, I would say... In a very nice way, tasteful, softcore porn, <laughs> but like everything I've always wanted. I don't know. I, I have very perplexed feelings. I've made it very known in previous podcasts like, hey, you know, we need to, the men need to show more stuff and the women need to show more stuff. Like, you know, back in the day, you know, they would have the shower scenes. They, they would be more of an everyday life, you know? Like, yeah. people being naked shouldn't be like, oh, what? Grass my pearls. Like, what is happening? Like, people have sex every day. People take showers every day. This is nothing new. Why should it change in a horror movie? So, when I'm looking for... When I'm watching a horror movie, especially if you're going to have, like, that throwback feel to it, I feel like those are elements that need to be in the film. They're definitely in this film, for sure. Um... And then mixed with all the body horror, you know, there are some gruesome things, like icky. Um, but it's like well, when you tame for the average Lovecraft, they are tame. Written by this guy, yeah, they are tame. Considering that you know things that happen in From Beyond and Reanimator and Dagon and all these things, the body horror in this is pretty tame. It's more internal body horror. Yes. As it is external body horror. Yeah. I I think... Yes, I'm going to agree with you on that. It is more definitely internal. And it is interesting. I wish we knew the origin of the thing. But before we go way into that, there's some more people that were in the film. Yeah. Uh, one of the ones you'll, you'll recognize from damn near everything is Bruce Davidson. He, you know, horror fans will remember him from his breakout role in Willard. You know, the guy who has a friend rat named Ben, who Michael Jackson wrote a nice song about. Uh, people forget that that song is about a rat. I don't, I, I, like, it's synonymous for me. Yeah, there's people that are like, that song's not about a rat. Oh, yes, it is. He's also been in the X-Men movies. You would recognize him. He's, you know, the senator that wants to outlaw the X-Men. Mm-hmm. Evil senator. Um, yeah, lots of things you could recognize him. He's been in Star Trek. He's been everything that's been around for more than a, a week. He's been in it. He uh, One of the ones I recognized him from was my mom was a big fan of that TV show Hunter about the cops. Oh, yes, he's watched that. Yeah, he mm. was the police chief in that mm. for the longest time. He was on there for like four or five years, I think. All I remember is the very tall guy, the main guy. Yeah, he's always yelling at him, Hunter! Yeah. Breaking the rules again. You can't break the rules. Next week, eh, it's fine. You broke the rules, you're back. Um, you also have Jonathan Sheck, who will recognize him again. He's been in a ton of things. Uh, everything from the Prom Night remake from the early 2000s to, you know, he was in uh, episodes of Creep Show. He's been in, again, one of those things. He's been in a lot of episodes of that uh, Legends of Tomorrow, the spinoff show they did from the superhero thing. Yes. The ones on the WB. He plays Jonah Hex in that. He's he's one of those guys that he's been in a little bit of everything, including Roadhouse 2. Not to be confused with the new Roadhouse coming out with Jake Gyllenhaal. This is just a sequel to the one with Patrick Swayze, where he's killed off-screen and his son has to come and avenge his death. Now, 
I don't know what you said after Jonah Hex kind of went like blank there. Your lips were moving. There were words coming out, but I didn't really internalize anything after that. So I'm just going to assume you were just talking about something. And then here we are. So yes, Jonah Hex. Yeah, he is a character actor. He's been in a ton of stuff. Um, Dalton's son. Roadhouse. No. Now, Heather Graham is a psychiatrist. And she has a young patient come in. And he is, you know, asking her for his help. Um, She believes that he has a personality disorder. And she experiences that um, disorder in front of her face. And when he becomes this other person, he is very, he definitely has a personality to him. And he leaves her um, with, you know, like, oh, she can't get him out of his mind between his interaction. He is a little vulgar at one point and does some scandalous things. Um, And I guess she could not fucking forget that. Mind you, her husband, we're not going to check. Jonah Hex. I feel like just calling him, you know what, Dalton's son. That's what we're going to call him. Dalton's son (laughs) is very attractive, okay? Like, he has like an A-pack. There's nothing like, oh, I need to be having like any kind of fantasies about some like 19-year-old kid who who does not have an A-pack, okay? He has like a regular like... He's a normal guy. He's normal, normal guy. Like, normal guy, right? So she just can't, there's something about him. She just can't stop thinking about him. And also she's concerned. She's a psychiatrist. She wants to help. And she thinks that, you know, this is going to be, you know, with psychiatrists and doctors when they encounter. She's concerned about that D is what she's concerned about. They want to be the one to write the paper, you know, be the one to, to break through the name of the journal science. Exactly. Right. And this is what she's all about. So she becomes a little obsessive. I feel, and trying to help him and breaks, I feel, all the rules for a doctor. Like, you're not supposed to ride up to someone's house. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of points in this movie at the very beginning that if she had just followed the you know proper procedure, we wouldn't have a movie. Yeah, which she does preface. She does tell... Now, she's telling the story to Barbara Crampton, who's her colleague. Um, <clears throat> in, a, in a sense, she's a doctor as well. Uh, Dr. Daniela Upton is uh, Barbara Crampton. And she's discussing this with her because Heather Graham may or may not be in a a sanitarium. I feel like it's Arkham Sanitarium. I'm going to throw that out there. Because it is in the the short story. So I'm going to say it's Arkham Sanitarium. Um, So yeah, she's telling the story um, because... She's currently in a padded cell. It's very Sam Neill. Yeah, if you were thinking that what the In the Mouth of Madness needed was more sex, well, there you go. Well, I will tell you now, for anyone that's into, like, sanitarium sex, with, like, a consensual person, not, like, whatever, that's not happening inside the padded cell. Oh, that's, yeah, This no. is outside. That's a whole different, very specific subset of uh, sex fantasies there to have sex in the padded cell. Yeah, well, I just wanted to throw that out there. I didn't want to get anyone excited. Also, before you watch the movie, depending on what your kinks are or whatever, make sure maybe you have some kind of protection. I know that's probably not really a thing people use nowadays, um, but you should always use some kind of protection. Have that on the side because right after or paused, you may need to 
you know, go at it. Because <laughs> this may be something that triggers someone and gets them aroused. And they're like, I need to stop this film right now. Um, yeah, I'm just going to throw that out there for the world to hear. Um, can I, Can we say both ladies look fantastic? Barbara Crampton looks amazing. Like, they both look really good. I'm just... I, you know, I just love me a Barbara Crampton. I just, she's just fantastic. She's such a sweetheart. Like, I, I just, I, I could not stop looking at her in the film. Like, I was just enthralled. It, I love to see, it's so weird. This may sound like, I don't want to say creepy, but this may sound like, okay. Um, when you watch, it, uh, see an actor, see an, a certain number of films an actor has been in, in a way, not that they become a friend, but they you become familiar with them. You know, they're like part of your life because you kind of know what to expect from them with certain people. Like you know, when you see Barbara Crampton in a movie, kind of what to expect. Yeah, in a sense, it's, she, it doesn't mean that she doesn't have range and she's not able to, you know, be a bad, uh, you know, be a bad per- person in one movie and a good person in another or whatever. It's not that she doesn't have range. It's just comforting, is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. It's just a comforting like. Oh, like an old friend. Like, oh, here we are. Well, I don't mean like, you're, you know, I'm not saying like when you know what you expect, like there's going to be a certain thing. It's like, oh, okay. You know there's going to be a certain level of quality when you see Barbara yes. Crampton in the movies. Yes, I mean. yes. It's like the same thing I feel like when you see Jeffrey Combs in a movie. Oh, yes. Same thing. And then like they've been in a lot of movies together. Yes, you know, yeah. When you see the two of them together in a movie, you're like, oh, okay, this is going to be... Even if the material they were given is a C, they're going to elevate it up to an A, you know? Yes. Because they're going to bring it, and it's going to be great performances on it. So you know when you see certain actors and things that you're like, okay, they're going to take terrible material and make it good, and they're going to take good material and make it amazing. Yes. I Yes, I agree. And that in for personally for me, I have seen more Barbara Crampton films than I have Heather Graham films. Yeah, probably me too. <laughs> Even though Heather Graham has been in films that have, you know, been... She was, like, in Austin Powers. She's been in films that have made, like, tons of money. She's a recognizable, um, uh, act- rec- recognizable actress in her own regard. But I haven't seen as many films as I have Barbara Crampton. So, for yeah. me, I'm just like, oh... For Heather Graham, I was like, oh, great, Heather Graham. Like, And I also love to see people work, especially women. Like, I don't care what age you are, you're you know, 15 to 105, like, you're still getting work out here? That's amazing. Like, everyone, all of them, you know, especially older actresses. And it is harder for the older actors to get work, especially for the older female actors, because you know, they just, they write them off, and it's like, well, you're the grandma now. Yeah, which is insane. I saw something... You turned 40, you're the grandma now. Yeah, that oh, was... Wait, what? That literally happened recently where, I don't know, it was a movie or TV show, and it's an actress that is in her 40s, and she's playing a grandmother, and everyone was like, what is happening? But it's like, well, I guess it is plausible. I mean, hello, there's a whole freaking TV show, is it 15 and Pregnant on MTV that's been around for like 20 years or whatever. (laughs) So it's not anything out of the realm. It's just, no, like that should not be the grandma. (laughs) Let's get yeah, someone they, that's older. Yeah, you can play a grandma if you want, but you can also, there's no reason you still can't be the doctor, the cop, the scientist, exactly. whatever. There's many things you can do, but so many things just get typecast. Even the older actors at a certain point are like, well, 
either you're, you know, unless you're Sean Connery, you're probably going to be the grandpa when you get to be a certain age and the men, too. Because they're just going to write you off as that. Oh, he's not sexy anymore. We're just done with him. He is now the, if he's lucky, he'll get to be the old police captain that might help out. Yeah. <laughs> Judah Lewis's character is named Asha. And Asha, Asha shares a house with his father. Um, Bruce Davidson. Bruce Davidson. And this house, as soon as... Uh, Heather Graham enters the house. I'm like, this is like the most Lovecraftian house. I'm sure if I would have paused and taken it room by room and done like a fucking scan, I'm sure there's Easter eggs galore like in there. Like there's fucking Cthulhu in the damn like wallpaper and, (laughs) you know, shit like that. But there was something that we did catch. I think it was, um, there was a book or something there. But it's one of those things like the, I, you know, I'm, I'm a sucker for set design. It was like, on point with what you would expect some Lovecraftian shit to go down in this fucking type of house. Um, this kind of stuck with the thing, too. Like, really, in, like, the other Lovecraft movies that, were, that like, Stuart Gordon did, they really didn't go outside much. Like, in Reanimated, there's no outside shots at all. In From Beyond, there's a couple of scenes, you know, in the hospital parking garage and outside the house. You know, uh... Castle Freaks, mostly in the castle. There's very rarely in those movies do they go outside because they all feel a little bit claustrophobic, too. This one, they do go outside a little bit, but they're still mostly in houses or places where you start to feel a little claustrophobic, too. Yeah. So that that's I thought that was nice, too. They kind of kept that tradition going. Yeah, because I think that the underlining thing is, like, the horror is within. Like, it's not out there in the world. It's within your world, like, behind the closed door. Like, you have to fucking deal with it. You know, the worst thing that could happen is that it gets out. Like, that's what you don't want. It, you know, you don't want it to happen. You don't want it to get out there into the world. You have to fucking deal with it, you know. And then, you know, not to be like, oh, this is exactly like, you know, uh, what is it, on the pulse or whatever. But a lot of the Lovecraftian stuff, the thing is, the horror is within the person. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then, you know, with all the things that we've been going through for the last few years where everyone's, you know, trapped inside and everything, this just feels like that's part of it. Yeah, totally agree. But did you have a favorite scene in the movie? Um, trying to think. There was a few parts that I really liked. Um, I really, and I don't want to spoil what it is, but the ending of it is pretty great. There's some great effects in that. And I really like how it all plays out at the end. Um. Yeah, I don't really want to give a lot away, but the uh, the ending of it with all the characters in the hospital is uh, pretty gruesome, and I enjoyed that. And it was good to see Joe Lynch playing an orderly in this one. Oh, yes. I uh, Nice mustache, Joe, if you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, oh, okay, there he goes. Um, I don't have... I, I don't have a favorite part. Um, literally... All I'm thinking about all the sex scenes and, and, and I'm trying not, <laughs> I'm trying not to be like, you know, that person, but I just wasn't expecting that. I just wasn't expecting it. And at one point the being, cause we never really find out what the deal is, right? Per se. Yeah. Um, the being, the transference is very personal. Um, I mean, it is all personal, but it, 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 it does have to connect in a certain way. So there's just a lot of sex. I mean, I'm really thinking in the back. I'm like, oh, okay. You know, it's probably one of the other than from beyond. 
was a little bit of sex in From Beyond, but the other Lovecraft movies, you know, were really not very sexual because there wasn't a lot of sexy things going on in his books. Was Castle Freak not a sexy movie? I feel like it was a sexy scene. It wasn't really a Lovecraft thing. It was just done by Stuart Gordon. Oh, yes. Okay, yes. I'm so sorry. Yes, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know. I'm just like, oh, Castle Freak. Well, I mean, these guys worked on a ton of Lovecraft stuff. They worked on a Masters of Horror that was a comedy. They did two episodes of Masters of Horror together, too. Uh, Stuart Gordon and Dennis Pillar. And that was the, uh, the uh, was it Dreams in the Witch House and the uh, the Black Cat. So they did a Lovecraft and a Poe. Mm. So when you see his name on stuff, you do tend to associate him with Lovecraft or Poe. So it's easy to figure out, like, okay, Castle Freak must have been based on one of those. But no, that was one of those Charles Band things where they were just like, I've got a poster that says Castle Freak. Can you make me a movie out of that? And they were like, yes. Yes, we can. Yeah, classic. <laughs> classic story. Um, I give the film two and a half knives? Three knives? I, I'm i on the fence. I'm going to say three knives. Okay, three knives. I agree. I'm going to give it three knives as well. Uh, my, only, my biggest disappointment with it was, you know, you've got the, all these people here. But can we have Jeffrey Combs sneak a little appearance in? No, we can't have Jeffrey Combs take an appearance. He doesn't, he, he's doing his own thing. He's fucking probably somewhere doing some fucking Shakespearean thing and like on the stage somewhere, you know. Or like, he's in another Star Trek episode. Or okay. he's in a Star Trek episode. The The reason why I said Two and a Half Knives was because I thought the pacing, the editing was, and, and it, it's one of those things, is That's it because we paused it a couple of times or was it just because it felt like the movie was never going to end and it was five hours long? But I think the pacing, there was a lot of stuff that happened, but I think it could have been edited better. Down a little bit. And then I am not a fan little... of the ending. Like the last shot. Yeah. I felt might have been a little hokey. But other than that, I'm going to stick with my two and a half knives. Okay. Yeah, but I, I really... give... Hold on, I didn't mean to cut you off. But I'm giving Barbara Crampton's performance as a Five Knives. <laughs> yeah, I enjoyed it too, but like I said, it's a Three Knives for me. I liked it, but it did seem a little long. I thought maybe if you had trimmed maybe ten minutes out of it, it might have been a little bit better. Just tighten up a few of the scenes a little bit here and there. It would have been okay. That's my biggest complaint about it is that, like I said, I'm joking about the Jeffrey Combs thing, but really my biggest complaint is that it, it didn't seem a little long. If it had been trimmed down a little bit, I think it would have been better. Everyone's performance gets a five knives. I was going to say that. I was going to start going down and giving each individual person, but I'm really thinking it. Judah Lewis, um, he's playing two characters yeah. in a sense. And I've seen enough Bruce Davidson, like play different characters and the way that he talks the th- the way that he pronounces words like there's a certain su- is his voice there's something to him one that i think is extremely sexy um but there's something to him and judah lewis was able to literally bring like make me believe he was bruce davidson in his body yeah so i like give you a round of applause sir because you did do a very good job because yeah he's like this insecure like meek like teenager who's afraid he's afraid for his life like especially if your father's going after you like that's the last where you're supposed to be feel safe you know and secure with your parent you're not supposed to fear them so that well to some degree it wasn't his dad but it was his dad's body he, you know that performance alone like great 
And then when he's Bruce Davidson, you know, when he's the being. Yeah, he's another completely different character, but you get the idea. Yeah, yeah he, 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 he like brings it to life, and he did an excellent job. He did a really excellent job with that. I even forgot to mention at the beginning, but this is our last hospital horror for the month. We did not mention this is this is the last hospital horror, or this is part of our hospital horrors, because unbeknownst to us, because we really didn't look at the calendar, there were three... Um, Tuesdays in January. Tuesdays in January. So this is a bonus, bonus, five, bonus. Five, actually, because we normally would do yeah, it's kind of like yeah. five Tuesdays, rather. Bonus episode. Yeah. So it's part of our hospital horrors because, you know, starts in a hospital, ends in a hospital. So that counts. Yeah, it doesn't, he didn't say what kind of hospital it had to be. <laughs> psychiatric hospital, regular hospital. Well, to be fair, Bad Dreams was psychiatric hospital. Visiting hours was just a regular hospital. Yeah, it was a hospital. You're it's ill. Whether you're mentally ill or you're physically ill, there you're you going go. to somewhere to get some help. There's orderlies. There's doctors. There's a hospital. Boom. Drop the mic. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us in another episode of Jump Scare, the horror podcast. Check out Suitable Flesh on Shudder. Thank you very much and have a good night and stay tuned to the horror or a good afternoon or a good morning. Whenever you're listening. <laughs> And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come back again soon. Good night. Good night.